Jared, welcome back for part two. Part two. <laughs> and, and thank you for letting me plug my laptop in. For those yeah. of you guys watching afterwards here, my, my computer here is about to die. I thought we were going to be about 20 minutes, maybe half an hour, and looks like we've ran uh, about double, I think about double that. So thank you, sir. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. So the last time we had an, the interview on, with you on the podcast, there's actually a couple yeah. questions that people are asking, and we wanted to go over that with you if you're up for it. Yeah, let's do it. Sounds good. So when we had you on the, the podcast last, you were mentioning things about, I think it was called an AFS and a VTB. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Jared, what are those and where can people find out more about them? So, okay. I know more about an a AFS than I do VTB. So my knowledge about a VTB is very limited. So I'll tell you what I do know. Okay. And go in a little bit, as much detail as I can. So let's start with AFS. So AFS is short for agreements for sale, not agreement for sales, agreements for sale. And basically what that is a term used for seller financing. Realistically, that's what agreements for sale is. So basically what you do is you find a seller who, you know, Whatever the reason they're in a situation, whether they can't make their mortgage payments anymore because they've lost a job, um, they don't have any equity in the property. Let's say they bought a property for $400,000. They've realized they need to relocate or whatever. That's just one example. Two years after buying the house, and the house is only worth let's say the let's say the market crashed and it's only worth three hundred and eighty thousand dollars they haven't made twenty thousand dollars worth of payments in, on their property in those two years it might have come close but now the property is they owe as much on the property as it's worth so if they were to put it on the market they're not going to have any equity to pay more a, a, a realtor. So what's going to happen now is a realtor is going to turn around and say, you know what, I'm only going to take on to on as the client if you pay me my commission right here, right now, up front. The other problem, I'm getting way ahead of myself. So let me, let me back up a little bit. So agreements for sale is a good strategy for people who are in dire situations. Um, they can't afford to sell their house and they can't afford to keep their house, right? So they're in a lose-lose situation. So what an agreement's for sale is, what an agreement for sale is, is a life buoy. It's, it's a life, a life jacket, basically. Lifeline, mm -hmm. thank you. Where the investor who is very well versed in the agreement for sale don't do it if you don't understand the strategy. They come in and they say, okay, I will agree to buy your house in X amount of years. And during those X amount of years, I am fully responsible for the mortgage payments, utilities, property tax, and every other financial obligation that comes with this property. All I need in return from you, the Mr. Seller, is 
for you to stay on mortgage and stay on title. The benefit for, for the, the seller is they don't have to pay a realtor to sell their house and they don't have to break their mortgage early. The problem with breaking your mortgage early, especially with a fixed mortgage, which most homeowners are are, are in, is if, unless you're only three months away from the year, your maturity, you're going to be owing a lot more than three months interest. Mm -hmm. So the penalty for, for breaking a mortgage early is either three months interest or that institution's interest rate differential, whichever is higher. And, and typically, and typically it's going to be the interest rate differential that's going to be greater. And each bank has um, their own penalty as well. Each bank has their own penalty. Each bank calculates their interest rate differential differently. So it completely, every institution is different, right? So you could be with CIBC and be two years into a five-year fixed and break your mortgage early and you have three years worth of, of term left. All of a sudden, you have a $15,000 check that you have to cut to sell your house, right? Oh, I've heard, I've heard of stories of people having upwards of $25,000 to pay in an interest rate differential. Because well, and that that that's typically like if you're one to two years into a five year fixed, and this was back from what I've heard. These are just stories. These are hearsay, so <laughs> don't take these as gospel. Um, they were back when interest rates were were up there at like three percent. That was like back no four percent like pre pre pandemic, and they're like one or two years into a five year fixed and they had a $25,000 penalty, right? So Yeah, so next year when people are looking at their 5 or potentially 6% mortgage, that that number possibly could be even higher. And and this is this is the problem is with these increasing interest rates, there's going to be a lot of homeowners that are going to be having their renewals come due and they're going to see five six hundred dollar a month increase in their mortgage payments right and there's going to be a lot of people who are going to say that that sinks us right so there's and my mentor has been preaching this the past month my mentor is wayne hillier i'd, I'd really like to talk about him later on in the interview here but he's been preaching that there is a huge opportunity coming up for agreements for sale because a lot of people are going to be in some trouble with these with these rising interest rates, especially first-time home buyers who got into their first home during the pandemic at zero percent interest, yeah, or zero percent, or and five percent down. All of a sudden, five years later, you know they have a five percent interest rate that they have to contend with, mm -hmm. and. Sure, they made a little bit of headway on their on their principal during those five years, but all of a sudden, eighty percent of their payments are going to interest to begin with, right? Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a lot of people in a lot of trouble coming up, and this is where agreements, an agreement for sale, will come in because 
A, you as the investor do not have to qualify qualify for a mortgage. And the reason being is the seller stays on, on the mortgage. Essentially, the seller is now the bank. Mm-hmm. You you are financially obligated to and legally obligated to pay the the seller their exact mortgage payment, and then the bank takes that mortgage payment from the seller's bank account. Honestly, that's that's as far as I want to go into it because I am not somebody who teaches. Do you know we'll go over that? I do. His name is Barry McGuire. Now, if you're in the investing world, you know who Barry McGuire is. If you're new to the investing world, you need to know who Barry McGuire is. <laughs> he is the number one real estate lawyer in Alberta when it comes to creative financing or creative strategies, pardon me. Mm-hmm. I believe you can find his website at barrymcguire.ca. And he teaches agreement for sale, seller financing of all sorts, including VTBs, which we'll, we'll touch on here in a minute, wholesaling joint ventures, rent to own, RTO, and a couple other creative strategies. If you want to learn how to do agreement for sale, how to get into a property for zero money down and without qualifying for a mortgage, go see Barry. He is the guy. As for VTPs, go ahead, sorry. I heard he uh, might have a workshop or something coming up here pretty soon. Do you know much about that? I don't know much about that. I don't know the date. It's in September sometime. It's up in Edmonton. And it's a live in-person agreement for sale course. I'm hoping to be there. I know there's going to be a ton of other people going to be there. My mentor, Wayne's going to be there. And Gabby, his wife. I want, I'm going to try and be there if I can. It's going to be It's going to be a really good event. I'm super, super excited to go. They've had their creative... You know, what did they have? The rapid cash program here in Calgary in the, over the summer, and it was a massive success. So I'm super looking forward to that. As for VTB, vendor, and that stands for Vendor Take Back Mortgage. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know a lot about it. So I'm going to tell you like the very little I know about it for, for your viewers to, to kind of get an idea of what it is. From what I understand, if a seller still has, let's say the seller has owned the house for 10 years or 15 years. And in those 15 years, they've paid off, let's say they bought the house for $500,000. They've paid off half of that, $250,000. And let's say today the house is worth $700,000. From what I understand, and I could, like I said, I keep saying it because I'm probably wrong. From what I understand is the seller will hold the $250,000 of the mortgage. And then you just get a mortgage from the bank for the remainder. I believe that is what a vendor take back mortgage is. There's some differences, in, especially in the different types of vendor take-back mortgages. But yeah. if, if people do want to go learn more about that, Barry McGuire is the person to go see. And uh, your, I've heard your coach, Wayne Hillier, is uh, well-versed in it as well. So, Yes, Wayne is, he learned everything that he knows from Barry as well. Um, so, I mean, I'm probably completely wrong with what a vendor take-back is. So... <laughs> 
I'm just going to stop talking about it, to be honest with you. It sounds fair. I don't want I don't want to give anybody the wrong idea. <laughs> sounds fair. We're currently <laughs> negotiating a VTB on a on a property, and ours is set up a little different. And okay, we're not going to dive into it just because I don't have my lawyer here sure. to correct me. So, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Sounds fair. Yeah, sounds good. Now, since we've already talked about your coach here yeah. and a personal idol of mine, which I hope he's not watching because that might inflate his ego a little bit. <laughs> too busy. <though. laughs> he's too busy. I'm glad to hear it. One of the, what are some of the lessons that you feel you've learned from your coach? And oh, when, my. when did you start oh, with him? Oh, so I started hit with him in November, 2019. Mm-hmm. November, 2019 is when he decided to, to, kind of get into coaching or mentoring he hated back then he hate well even now he doesn't like the word coach because a mentor is not a coach really it's completely different ideology and completely different way of going about things but in november 2019 he had his very first cabin retreat and there was three of us that went up to his cabin retreat and and kind of started building, you know, our, our life roadmaps, the, what, where we wanted to be in 25 years. And the one thing that, that Wayne always teaches everybody is start from the end. Start from the end and work your way back. You know, in, in 25 years, do you want to be lending out privately five, ten, five to $10 million and just living off that passive income? Okay, how do we get there? What do you need to do in those 25 years to be able to get that 5 to $10 million in the bank to be able to, you know, sell off all of your properties and just private lend for, for perpetuity, really, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you have 5 to 10 million, if you have 5 to $10 million in the bank and then you just lend that out at, to whoever at, 12% interest rate, 15% interest rate annually. Life's not so you're, bad. You're not so bad. You know, you're, <laughs> you're, you're living off of a, a, a six to yeah, a six figure income yearly, right? Comfortably. Oh, very, um, very comfortably. Exactly. And then, and then from there, you just continue to grow that bank account number, continue to lend out more money and, all of a sudden you have generational wealth, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what it's all about, right? At oh. least for me. At least for me, that's what it's all about. Is that one of your goals then? Generational wealth? Yeah, generational wealth. I mean, my goals, I want to, at the end of the, in 25 years, I want to be privately lending and I want to be running a charity is what I want to be doing. But that's not, not. we could talk about that later if you want, but the, the biggest lessons that I've learned from Wayne is the first one, and this is the most important one for all the new investors, is the self-made man is a myth. It's not real. It's not a thing. Mm-hmm. You you see a lot of people, you see people write books. There's, there's people who write books and title it self-sure, whoever is in the investing world knows that book. It's a great book. It's written by Stefan Arnio. He's a fantastic person. He he passed away in 2019, I believe. Bless his soul. He was 
thing is, nobody is self-made. Nobody. Arnold Schwarzenegger gave a commencement speech some years ago. And this is where I learned that self-made man is a myth. He talked about when he came to America from Austria. And he came with nothing more than a few dollars in his pocket. And if it weren't for his friends at Gold's Gym who came to his small little apartment one one night after their, their gym session and brought him cutlery and plates and pillows and blankets, we would have never had somebody fighting predators from another planet or <laughs> the Terminator, right? Seen Predator? I have not seen Predator, oh, believe it or not. Oh, I, I believe it. I've never <laughs> seen it either. I haven't seen Terminator either. I haven't seen Alien either. Like uh, those movies, I haven't seen those. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we digress. Yeah, off track. The self-made man is a myth. If as an investor, you there will be there will come a time where you realize, oh, you have that oh shit moment where you're like, either I don't know how to do something or oh shit i've run out of mortgages i can't get any more mortgages um there'll be a time where if you're trying to become super successful you need help you need help from whether it be joint ventures whether it be from coaches at the end of the day most successful investors most successful business people never mind investors business people end up with a coach at some point it's whether it's it's how soon you realize you need that coach that makes the difference. Mm-hmm. For me, I knew it was right. I knew it almost instantly, almost right away. I I was like, okay, this is overwhelming. I need a coach. That's when I hired Wayne, and from there, it's just been. I mean, the success that I've seen just under Wayne is. I mean, he'll tell you that, and it's it's true. It is me. And it is his mentees. It is the person that 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 makes all the moves that that creates that success. A coach or a mentor is just there to guide you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And that's what Wayne has done for me. Is he was able to take this guy who filed bankruptcy at the beginning of 2019. And turn him into a real estate investor who's now flipping real estate. I heard you quit your job earlier this year too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was a big. That was a big step. Mm-hmm. That was. I was just sitting there and <laughs> realized that you know what the the thing that's holding me back the most was the job, right? And you know on. on phone always scrolling mls and getting in trouble for it it's like that's ain't, that ain't for me anymore man like <laughs> it and and it was only a few months ago it was like four or five months ago and i was like the boss yelled at me and now that i'm i'm i've i've made that mindset switch from employee to entrepreneur he yelled at me and in my head, I'm just like, who the hell are you <laughs> to talk to me like that? <laughs> right. 
and it's funny because all all prior all throughout my entire career it was always yes sir yes sir i'll do it right away sir kind of thing right mm-hmm. and there was just that one moment where i was like who the hell are you to talk to me like that and it was a, it was a very liberating experience and i was like i'm done i'm done mm-hmm. and and one of the biggest, I'm not, like, other than the, the self-made man being being a myth, being one of the biggest lessons that I've learned, the next, like, a very close second is that having your back against the wall is the biggest motivation that anybody will ever have. It's a great place to push off from. Absolutely it is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely it is. So I mean, I don't want to I don't want to plug it too much, but Wayne has a mentorship program. If you're looking to reach success and the success that that you dream about, you know, shoot me a message. Shoot Wayne a message. It's come to a point where me and Wayne are, are really good friends now along as mentor-mentee relation, which helps so much to be able to have that friendship as opposed to just a mentee-mentor relationship. You know what I mean? So he's his mentorship has changed everything for me, not just for me, but everybody that joins his mentorship program. Everybody who joins his mentorship program is. They're seeing success and paying off the tuition within a month two months and it's a year-long long mentorship like pretty good return I on investment a huge a huge return on investment that's and before you can invest in real estate you have to invest in yourself right 100 percent. yeah anyways i'm gonna stop pumping wayne's tires right now so. <laughs> next question (laughs) (laughs) yeah i really hope he doesn't uh, listen to this too soon his ego is going to go right through the roof for those of you who don't know wayne has a morning show that he puts on every morning and jared although he's late every morning jared and i are a big part of that and we we enjoy very much listening to wayne in the mornings so he's wayne and gabby and gabby Gabby. she didn't say much this morning but that's okay but yes we do enjoy listening to wayne and gabby's in the morning and I know that they're, at least Wayne's ego will go through the roof if you heard us talking tonight. So, uh, moving on. Moving on. Now, on our last podcast interview, one of the things that we mentioned, and honestly, one of the things that I respect about you the most is how quickly and how strong you build rapport with people. And I think that's one of the reasons why you you have been so successful as a wholesaler. How do you build or how do you plan to build rapport with with sellers when you're talking to them about properties? You know what? It comes down to just being personable, going in as a friend as opposed to an adversary. Because a lot of the times, a lot of wholesalers will go in as adversaries, at least maybe not intentionally. But if you're a distressed seller, anybody who comes into your pro- into your house, into your home to try and give you an offer for it, they're an adversary. It's how you change that perception of yourself that sets you apart and allows you to create rapport. Mm-hmm. 
me, having gone through bankruptcy myself, it's a lot easier for me to understand the situation that a lot of these people are in, mm. where they're sometimes days with, before foreclosure. And just instead of going into the house with the mindset of, okay, I'm going into this mindset to buy this house. Instead, go into that house with the mindset, okay, I'm going in that in this house to sell a solution. Okay. If if you go in trying to buy the house, all you're gonna think of is the money. Right? All you're gonna think is the numbers. If you go in with the mindset of trying, I'm trying to sell sell a solution you're trying to help this person no matter what it takes, right? I've told sellers in the past that, I mean, it was a great deal. I could have had a killer deal from, from these people, but they had a better option in selling on the market with a realtor. And I told them as much. It's like, you know what? I could give you an offer and, and it's an offer that, it's, it's not going to be great, but it would make a really good deal, a deal for me. But you have enough here. You have enough property here to be able to sell with a realtor and make some money on your, on the sale of your house. Mm-hmm. Let me give you the number to my guy. And it, it's doing things like that, going the extra mile and just going in to try and solve a problem whether it's you making the profit or the re- a realtor making a profit, whether it's the seller themselves making a profit, you know, obviously as an investor, I need to make sure that the deal is going to be profitable on my side. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's not going to be a win for me and a win for the seller, it's not worth pursuing because you should never, ever, ever take advantage of somebody's unfortunate situation Mm -hmm. it's just it's poor ethics it's sleazy and it gives people it gives the other wholesalers such as myself who are very ethical a bad rap Mm -hmm. right like and here in the these people i was just gonna say these people are calling these yellow signs on the side of a road on a light pole for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how I build my rapport with my with my with sellers. Is just going in as a friend, as somebody who wants to help them, no matter if no matter if it's a deal for me or not, right? If I can go into a house and come out knowing that the seller has found a solution regardless of if the solution is with me i can sleep at night i'm glad to hear it great advice absolutely great advice yeah Yeah. you know that that win-win is really how you do build that brand reputation and in real estate your reputation is everything absolutely it is 100 percent. you know if you're a sleazy investor word gets around fast Mm -hmm. It's a small community. It truly is. Absolutely. Now I yep. see we're getting a, a little bit of a time clock here, so okay. I do. We have two two more questions here before we wrap it up, though. Sure. Let's blast through them. 
I don't know if we have time for this one or not, but people have been asking about some of your negotiation tactics. I can make this quick. Go out and buy Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. (laughs) Everything that I use in my negotiation tactics is in that book. Mm. Mirroring is one of the strategies. It's just somebody will ask you a question, you just mirror that question back at them. You know, what would that be like? Let's say you're a server. Let's say you're a server at a restaurant and you ask somebody for their, for their um, order. And they say fettuccine Alfredo with prawns. And the server says, okay. And then the, the server takes everybody else's order. And then the server mirrors each and every person's order. Okay, so you got the fettuccine Alfredo with prawns. You got the hamburger with fries. You got the whatever. Studies have shown that servers who use the mirroring technique and other techniques that Chris Voss teaches nearly doubled their tips when, as opposed to servers who do not use these techniques, like mirroring. Another technique is odd numbers. I used it on this Bonavista property. $578,977. The reason you use odd numbers is because it sticks in the head a lot more than even numbers. Like, I could have said 582. You could say $582,250 and then that's you know, you're going to forget that number at some point in your life. But I guarantee you, Jeremy, that you are forever going to remember the number $578,977. We're actually going to play back part one of this later and see if that's still the same number. So (laughs) go go for it. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it is, but just for fun. (laughs) Great advice though. Absolutely wonderful advice. So don't split the difference by Chris Voss. That's right. Or never split the difference. My apologies. Never split. Never the split. The, never split the difference. Also, whether you like his his politics or not, part of the deal by Donald Trump. You don't have to like his politics, but the man's a genius when it comes to negotiations. I won't. I won't Plain speak simple. on that that as well. But yeah, <laughs> he, he he didn't get there by accident. That's all I'm going to say. No, exactly. Exactly. Sounds good. And the very last question that uh, people have been asking, and the most asked question, by the way, is what's okay. what's coming up next for you? What, what's the plan? More flips. More flips. More flips. We're gonna keep these 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 contractors going, and we want to build our business alongside them mm-hmm. to the point where they're able to hire more guys. They're able to hire, you know, twenty dollar an hour laborers, kind of thing, and do four or five flips at a time to the point where we're doing exactly really what my mentor Wayne is doing four or five flips at a time and like 15 flips a year. Mm -hmm. That's the best way to build capital. That's going to be the best way to get into rentals. That's going to be the best way to get to my 25 year plan of private lending. Awesome. (laughs) So that's that's my next plan is flips and we're always looking for people to come on board with us and invest with us Um, typically friends and family you know if you want to invest with me reach out let's have a chat let's 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 get let's become friends you know i like being friends with everybody right you're very friendly to begin with so it's pretty easy (laughs) 
So, yeah, I mean, I know I have a lot of friends who, who listen to your podcast and, and follow you, Jeremy, as well. So if any of them, you know, if you obviously go to Jeremy first, if you're watching this, go to Jeremy first. <laughs> <laughs> but if Jeremy doesn't have any projects, oh, that's not come talk to me. Yeah, so that's what's next for me. And sounds good. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate the little plug at the end there as well. <laughs> you bet that sounds good so just before we wrap things up here where can people find out more about you well you can find me in the real estate investing masters facebook group i'm extremely active in there find me on facebook jared como c-o-m-e-a-u or you can meet see follow me over on instagram can't remember i changed it recently i don't know if it's olympic lifting investor or weightlifting investor it's one of those two it's olympic <laughs> I remember messaging okay. you earlier. Okay, that's right. That's right. Olympic lifting investor. Mm -hmm. Hit me up and I'm always looking to go for coffee with, with new people, with that people that I haven't connected with. So my schedule is wide open. For those of you who don't know, he's very willing to get up at six o'clock in the morning for coffees at Starbucks too. That, that's how he and yes, I first I met. That's right. That's right. It was a good time. And then we sat there for five hours. Is it five? I thought it was like six. <laughs> Six hours, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Met up at six, and I think we ended up parting ways at like one o'clock or something like that. <laughs> it, that was a fantastic day for me. So that was, yeah, it was. Anyways, we do have to get out of here. All right, Jared, thank you very much. You're very welcome, Jeremy. Thanks.